Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. We're talking about this whole idea of I choose. And over the next four weeks, I want to make some very distinct choices. Because what are we? We are the sum total of our choices that we've made in the past, right? Our lives today, we're the sum total of the choices that we've made. And our tomorrows are decided by the choices that we make today. Our, our future is going to be decided by our choices. So we have to be very careful the choices that we make. So I want to talk over the next four weeks and make some very clear, distinct choices that we are going to make in our lives. At the beginning of the year, we talked about uphill habits, how we've got to change some things. And it's that kind of time of the year where if we look back, we're like, oh, I kind of got a little off track on some of my resolutions, or I, didn't, I haven't met all these goals or things I wanted to do yet. And so I want to begin to kind of pull some things back and look at some of these choices. I want to tell you a little bit about next week just to whet your appetite a little bit. How many of you, by a show of hands, would say you're a little bit of a control freak? I'm going to raise both hands because I am. And and just go ahead and raise the hand of the person next to you because that's what you love to do. You love to be in control. Thank you. Maria is an honest person right there. You are a bit of a control freak. So next week, we're going to talk about that and talk about this decision of I choose surrender over control. And I'm excited because um, that's where God has been teaching me. And so I'm excited to share with, what, with you what's on my heart. But today, as we introduce the choice that we're going to make today, I would ask this, can we all just take a minute and pretend together? Can we just imagine together? Can we be kids again? Is that all right? Can we have a little bit of fun in church this morning? Let's just do that together. Let's just close our eyes and just pretend for a moment, if you will. Let's just pretend for a moment that everyone likes you. That no matter what you do, that everyone just thinks you're grand. That everyone, no matter, no matter how many corny jokes you tell, everyone laughs. Everyone thinks you're great. That everyone thinks you're always the best dressed. Everyone thinks you're great. Isn't that awesome? Don't you feel better? You can go ahead and open your eyes. You feel better now? That feels nice, doesn't it? You know, it's just never going to happen. I just, I hate to tell you that. It's just impossible. It's never going to happen. In fact, I just tell you this, 10% of people aren't going to like you just right off the bat. (laughs) It's all right. Sorry, just take a deep breath. I like you. So there you got something, right? But, But sometimes, like, we just have to realize we can't please everybody. We can't please everybody, but so often we spend our lives trying. We spend our lives trying to please everybody. And if we're not careful, we end up living for the approval of others. But now let's just imagine this for a minute, something different, a different decision that we can make, something that's actually possible. And I believe that God wants us to do. If we can just imagine living your life to be pleasing to God, living your life to answer the call of God on our lives, to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. That's something that we can actually do. That's totally doable. And it's where God wants us to be. He's calling us in that place. And so today I want us to talk about this decision where I choose purpose over popularity. I choose purpose over popularity. Let's say that all together. Say, I choose purpose over popularity. All right. You guys got it. You got it. You, we're going to get this purpose over popularity. The problem is that by default, so many of us choose the opposite. We go through our lives. We're choosing 
the approval of others. And so it doesn't always happen by just like, today I'm going to just live so that people will like me. But it's just a slow fade sometimes. We have these moments and encounters with God, and if we just go through life, we're not careful enough. We don't make the right decisions day in and day out. We end up, and we're years down the road, and we realize, man, I've been, I've been living for the approval of others. Why is that? Because if we don't know the purpose for something, all we can do is misuse that thing. If we don't know the purpose for a thing, all we can do is misuse the thing, right? And when we, we do that with our lives sometimes, right? Sometimes we don't understand. If you've ever been in that place before where you don't know the purpose for your life, we've all been there at one point or another. I know I've been there. And when you don't know the purpose for your life, what do we do? We try everything to see if it's right. Oh, let me try this for a little while. Let me, let me see if this works out. Is this what I'm for? Is, let me ask you do, you, do you know what my life is about? We, then we start asking other people, what is my purpose? Why do I, oh, you think I should go over there? You think I should be involved in that? And before long, we're living for the approval of others, and we've completely lost sight of the reason that God made us for. And we're just figuring it out. Hey, tell me my purpose. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like that post I made last night? I worked a long time on the filter. Filter. Did you read the caption? Did you like it? Did you like it? Do you like me? Are we Facebook friends? Do you like me? Do you like the way I dress? Do you like me? Are we friends? How about now? Do you like me now? <laughs> we go through life this way sometimes not even realizing that we've slipped into this trap of searching for the approval of others. But the problem is, The more that we live for the approval of others, the further and further it takes away from the purposes of God. It actually causes us to forget the purposes of God. We can't even see what God wants to do because we're so consumed by living for the approval of others. Jesus spoke about this very thing. You don't take my word for it. You can take his word for it. He saw people that were worshiping God and trying to live that way. They were singing the right songs. They knew the scriptures. But this is what he said about them. Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. Those of you who got the YouVersion Bible app and you're going like this, I'm going to pretend like you're not on Facebook and that you're on the YouVersion Bible app. Makes me feel good. Jesus said, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. In other words, don't live for the approval of others. Right? If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Whew. Like if you live for the approval of others, you'll lose sight of the purposes of God in your life. You won't be able to receive all that God has for you when we're so consumed by making sure that everyone likes us, to make sure that no one's mad at us, to make sure that everyone approves of everything that we're doing. When we live that way, we're consumed by those thoughts. Man, it brings torment to us because it's just never ending. It never stops. That appetite is never satisfied. And it's actually because it's impossible to achieve. And Jesus saying, hey, be careful because if you live that way that's all that you can receive he goes on and he says he says this he says so when you give to the needy and i think it's interesting that jesus language here is not it's not suggestive like hey maybe sometime you should give to the needy it's like no he's his language is assuming that it's a regular practice for us it's something we're engaged in doing like when you give to the needy like like when you breathe When you eat lunch, it's something that we do. It's funny. We see it as optional. He's assuming that we're already doing it. When you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, so that you will be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their full reward. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be done in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. It's like, it doesn't matter, like, you know, if people think you're super spiritual, 
And that's what he's saying. He's like, it's not a problem dancing and, and singing and being loud and doing great things for God. Like, that's where people take that scripture and they're like, oh, see, God doesn't want us to be loud in church. God doesn't want us to lift our hands. Be like, like, no, no, no. There's lots of examples all throughout Scripture of people who worship God, who, who pray in public, right? Who dance before the Lord, who get a little excited and rowdy in church and get a little bit of shouting and yelling at the preacher because you got to holler back at your boy sometimes, okay? The Scripture's full of people like that, but it's just what are you craving Who are you craving that approval from in that process? That's what Jesus is trying to highlight here. Not the act of praying out loud. Not the act of praying together. Not the act of lifting your hands. In fact, in the Old Testament, King David danced so passionately before the Lord that his wife looked down at him and said, How dare you disgrace yourself like that in front of people? David's like, I wasn't dancing for you. I was dancing for the Lord. Like, so it's not the, not the making you know, being loud, that's the problem. It's not dancing, that's the problem. It's, are you doing it so that everyone sees, like, see how spiritual I am? See? See, I can lift, I ain't even got those bent elbows when I lift my hands. Right. Are you craving it from people? Or are you doing it because you're overwhelmed with the goodness and faithfulness of God and you want to honor and love him? You want to know him more and I'll do whatever it takes. If I had to be a doorkeeper just to be in the house of the Lord, I'll do whatever I have to be. Like it's that heart right there. That's why David wrote the, all throughout Psalms, praise him with the cymbals, praise him with those electric guitars, baby, come on. Praise him with the drums and the trumpets, praise him with a loud voice. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, oh my soul. Come on, somebody. Anybody out here today all right i'm gonna get up i'm gonna have church up here today it's just we can't be so consumed with the approval of people the bible tells the story of a man named moses in the old testament he helped write the first five books of the bible you can read about his story in those books and he was born in the time in the nation of israel in a time when they were in slavery to egypt and while they were there the pharaoh said all the baby boys are going to be killed And so his mama hid him in a basket, sent him in the river to save his life. And wouldn't you know it, the Pharaoh's daughter found the basket and basically adopted Moses as her son. Moses was raised in the palace. He was taught everything. He had everything he wanted. He had riches. He had wealth. He had stature. He had, you know, position. He had everything this world strives for. But he made a a different choice, an interesting choice. In Hebrews, in the New Testament, they write about his life and synopsize it this way. In Hebrews 11, 24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So what did Moses do here? tells us he made a choice. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why would somebody do that? I mean, the world strives, the world labors and sweats and gives everything to gain all this stuff, to gain money, to gain popularity, to gain stature, to gain position, to gain followers, to gain everything. People give their entire lives. People, some people give their marriages and their families and their kids to gain all this stuff. And why would he just give it all up to be shamed and disgraced? Why? Because he was looking for his reward. Like what? Didn't he have his reward? He had everything, but that wasn't his reward. That he chose, he made a different choice. He's choosing God's calling on his life over comfort. He's choosing God's purpose for his life over popularity. He's making a different choice. He's saying, that stuff isn't so important to me anymore. God, what, what is it that you have for me? He made a choice. So as we talk about purpose, I think it's important to kind of uh, unpack that word purpose because it's kind of thrown around out there. It's kind of one of those like big words, you know, like, what is my purpose, right? My capital P purpose. Why do I exist? 
Anybody ever wondered that before? It's kind of one of those big questions you can get lost in, right? And people are like, what is my purpose? Why do I exist? Maybe one day I'm supposed to, you know, do this great thing. And what? it's easy to get lost in this whole idea of what is my purpose, right? Anybody ever? Just me? Okay, all right. Because sometimes I mean, people, get, people get whacked out on this word, like get tripped up. And I know I've even known people, and probably nobody in this room has ever done this, but people that have wondered this question so much, they just sit back and they're like, I'm just going to wait for God to show me my purpose. And they end up spending their whole lives like that and do nothing. Nobody here, I'm sure, has ever been there. Sometimes we're just consumed like, well, if I, I got to make... And I would just suggest this, that sometimes we're just overlooking what God wants to do. Like some of us are called to be a missionary. And one day you feel like, I'm going to be a missionary, but what do I do about that right now? Do I just, tomorrow, do I just leave? Do I go, God, God, what am I supposed to do? I feel like that's my purpose, but what do I do? And then you're going to be walking out of church today and you're going to see somebody who's down, who's struggling, and you can tell it. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God is going to raise up inside of you and you'll be like, I, I can help them. I can, be a, I can be a voice of hope to them. Wow, God, this, this is my purpose in this moment. Some, some of us in this place, maybe you're in school and you're you know, maybe studying to be a school teacher or a lawyer one day or you're studying to be a doctor and you realize you've got lots of years of school left. You're like, but what am I supposed to do now? I'm supposed to be this. How am I supposed to get there? What am I supposed to do? What is my purpose? And then you're going to realize that God has put on your heart to raise up this next generation. And you realize, wow, there's a group of kids that are hungry for, uh, they're hungry to learn the word of God that are here in this church every week. And we need more leaders in those areas. You're be like, God, is that, is that something you put on my heart in this moment? moment, God, this is my purpose to, to step out and, and, and go there. I know my friends are all bugging me about wanting to get to church. Why would you serve one service and attend another one? Why would you be late to lunch? Well, God, I, I think this is my purpose in this moment. Sometimes we're so consumed with the big capital P purpose. And really, God is trying to get us to just follow the little lowercase p purpose in this moment. Sometimes we just need to get focused on that. God, what, is, what do you have for me? What is my little purpose in this moment? What is my purpose in, the, in this moment? That's why sometimes we feel stuck. Have you ever felt stuck at a dead-end job? God, why am I here? I've applied at 50,000 places. <laughs> I just seem to can't get out of this. This place is so toxic, and I just, I just want to get out of here. And maybe what you're real, not realizing is that God put you there. And if, you begin to, if we begin to think this way, like, God, what is my lowercase p purpose today that you have for me? See, it's this daily, day by day, week by week, month by month choice that we have to make. Every day, God, what is the purpose that you have for me today? What, what person do you have for me to come in contact with today? So that then when you're at work and now you've been praying and you're, being, you're paying a little more attention to the Spirit of God and you're being a little more in tune with God, you're praying a little bit more that day because you're like, God, what is my purpose? And now your eyes are a little bit more open and you're looking and now you're being led by the Spirit, which that's what the Spirit-led life is, is like just like involving God in your life and, and listening for Him to lead you. And when He leads you somewhere and He says, go here, then you go there, that's the Spirit-led life, right? And so then you're at work and your boss is, you know, being psycho boss again and you're like, what's happening? God, why am I here under this boss? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings, like, hey, his marriage is on the rocks and he's freaking out. I put you here to pray for him, to be a light. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, God, my purpose in this moment, everything changed because you put me here for him. 
We need to begin to find those little lowercase p moments. And then what happens is you start day by day, week by week, you start living in these lowercase p moments. Now you're stacking up these lowercase p purpose moments. You're stacking them up. And all of a sudden you begin to realize, wow, God is beginning to entrust me with more. Why? Because when we're faithful with the small, God can trust us with more. But we can't just demand that God give me everything right now. You haven't done anything. I, I can't give that to you because you don't know how to use it. I need you to do this right now. We start stacking up those lowercase p purpose moments. God starts trusting us with more. Now we have a, a middle case. I know that's not a real thing, but we're, gonna pre- we're already imagining this morning, so we're going to imagine a middle case p. Now you've got some medium purpose, and now you're starting to do these things. Now you're stacking up these other moments. God is trusting you with more influence, and now, now, man, now you've got some purpose. You're walking around. You're being led by the Spirit. Man, we need to begin to see these moments, these day after day, month, week after week, month after month, year after year, and then all of a sudden you realize, you're like, whoa, I was made for this. I was made for this. So I want to give us a few thoughts today to kind of help harness this, this purpose because there's power in purpose. When we begin walking in a purpose, there's power. So I want to give us a few thoughts and identifying and kind of bringing focus to this area of purpose of choosing purpose over popularity. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write a couple of these things down this morning. Here's the first one. Purpose diminishes distractions. Distractions. I don't know. Has anybody ever been distracted before? I got both my hands up again because sometimes you get distracted by your distractions. <laughs> Right, right. It's easy, right? I love that part of the movie. Everybody's seen the movie called Up. And there's that one dog in there. His name is Doug. And he's talking. He's having a conversation. All of a sudden, squirrel. He's distracted by squirrel, right? I just crack up every time because it's just so true. Some of us, our lives are that way. We're like, all right, I'm going to, I'll be there. I'm going to do that. Hey, let's go over here. We're just distracted by our distractions. And it's so easy to get pulled by those things. And One big distraction is comparison. Oh, comparison. It's such a trap that the enemy uses because what what we're doing in that moment, we're like, I wish I was where they was. I should be there instead of them. Why do they got that Benz and I'm driving this thing? Like, like what we're doing is we're actually saying, God, you gave me the wrong things. You should have given me what you gave them. It's a dangerous place to be. Because scripture says that you know, God gives us everything that we need to, that pertains to life and godliness. So if we believe that Jesus saved us, we got to believe that part. Right? We got to believe that God knows where he wants us, that he puts us where he wants us, that our steps are ordered by him. Right? Our, we're, we're led by his spirit. So how then could he have given us the wrong stuff? No, no. He gave us everything that we needed. So we've got to be careful in this game of comparison because it will pull us down to some dangerous places, some dangerous places. See, purpose diminishes those distractions because things are going to come. Distractions are going to come, y'all. So don't worry about it when the distractions come. You're not a sinner because a distraction came your way, okay? Distractions come to all of us. It came to Nehemiah in the Bible. Great example of how to deal with distractions. You can read about Nehemiah in the book of... Nehemiah. Y'all are so smart in this place. It's because we're in a school. Y'all are extra smart today. But you can read his story. What happened basically was the walls of Jerusalem were torn down, burned down, and the people of Israel were taken into captive. And this man, Nehemiah, he was so upset when he found out about the walls of Jerusalem. He was just distraught. He couldn't take it. And by the way, that's a key. Those things that you just, just, you know, man, I can't believe it's like that. 
You get that kind of righteous anger about something. That's the key. That's purpose. That's purpose. That's God saying, hey, this is a purpose I have for you in this moment. When there's something that, like, that can't be somebody needs to do something. God is saying, you're the somebody. Like, that's a moment of purpose. All right, so here's Nehemiah. He's upset. He's a great leader. He gets some people to go with him back to Jerusalem to help rebuild the wall. And he's there. They're rebuilding the wall. They're putting the stones back in place. And there he is. And all of a sudden, as he's walking in his purpose, wouldn't you know it? Some enemies of the people of Israel came his way. Every time you take a step into purpose, some opposition is going to come. There's going to be an enemy you're at to face, right? So they're shouting at him. They're insulting him. They're threatening him. That's a stupid dream that you have. You're never going to be able to do it. We're going to kill you. You better just stop right now. You ain't going to make it. It's not going to happen. They're just shouting at him and yelling. I love, I love Nehemiah's response Right here, chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, Nehemiah is talking and he says, I was car- I'm carrying on a great project and I cannot go down to meet with you. Why should the work stop while I leave it to go meet with you? Four times they sent me these insults, the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. Some of us need to get this kind of resolve in our life. I'm doing a great work. Yeah. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down we need to some of us just need to adopt that into our 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 language and talk that way i'm doing a great work i cannot come down some of my single people in the house you're you're trying to stay pure you know sexually pure until you're married and all your friends are like hey let's go out and party let's get some tonight right and you're like no i want something better I want something different. I don't want normal. Normal's not working. I need something better. So I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Students, all my students, I know your friends are telling you to get involved in this, partake in that. Hey, why don't you skip class? We'll go hang out and do this. Hey, get it done. Stay focused. Get, get that scholarship. Get those straight A's. I don't care if anybody said you can't do it. You can do it. The greater one lives in you, so get it done. Get it done. I know who... Some of us are trying to get out of debt. So it's a little P purpose. You feel like, what am I doing here? I'm just, I'm trying to get out of debt. But because you feel the sense that God has called you to be someone who he's going to, who he wants to, you know, you want to be that person when there's like a need or something. You're like, pastor, how much I'll write you a check right now. You have that sense in your heart that God has called you to that, but you're just, you're strapped in debt and it's a calling to get out of debt. So what are you doing, man? You're working hard. You got that extra part-time job. You're working hard. You're taking your brown bag to lunch. You don't, you don't even got that car payment right now because you're just driving this old thing. And people at work are be like, why don't you just come out to lunch with us? Stop bringing your lunch. Why don't you just go down there and get that, get that car lease? Start paying that 300 a month so you can have that brand new 2019, baby. You'd be rolling, rolling up in that looking nice. And you're like, I can't, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Doing a great work. We've got we to get some resolve about these things because, because I have purpose. I know where I have purpose in this moment. And purpose diminishes distractions. All those things and those poles don't matter so much anymore when you have some purpose in those moments. It doesn't matter if you work for crazy boss because you know your purpose is there to pray for him to be a light. So you can deal with the crazy a little bit more because you know you're there on purpose. It diminishes distractions. I don't know who I'm talking today to today, but somebody needs to hear this. Here's the next one. Purpose pushes you through the pain. <laughs> Purpose pushes you through the pain. I wish I could tell you there would be no more pain. That when you follow Jesus, everything's just great. And things are great when you follow Jesus. Nothing better. But there will be pain. 
There will be opposition. There will be struggle. But purpose pushes you through it. It does. It pushes you through it. It helps you keep going when things hurt. Our society, our culture is comfort seekers. (laughs) That's what we're taught. Like, if you don't have everything you want, you know, by the time you're 25, if you're not living in a 3,000 square foot house, then how can I live? Right? That's what we're taught. Like, if I don't wake up and everything is perfect and everything is going my way 100% of the time, something has to change. Right? That's just, that's just how our culture is. Like, we have to be comfortable at all times. The moment my phone stops downloading that 4G and goes to that 3G, like, oh, I'm going to cancel with AT&T because they just they ain't cutting it anymore. Right? That's just how we're taught to live. We're taught like everything is supposed to be comfortable. But that's just, that's just not the way life is. See, I, I've just come to learn. I don't worry so much anymore about the opposition. I kind of kind of like it. I, the problem is when there's no opposition, when there's no resistance. See, when there's resistance and opposition, that means I'm headed the right direction because the enemy's fighting me. When there's no resistance and there's no opposition, that's a moment where we're like, whoa, what's going on? I need to reevaluate. If I'm not going the right direction. But when there's resistance... Man, I know I'm about God's purpose, and I know there's going to be pain, but the purpose in this moment is going to push me through it. See, there's greater value in living for God's purpose than living for the approval of others. There's greater value. Listen, there's, there's, there's value in being liked by people. There's greater value in being pleasing to God. There's value in leaving an inheritance to your family and having a good life on this earth. There's value in comfort. But there's just greater value in building the kingdom of God. There's value in those things. But there's greater value in being known by God and knowing Him and living our lives for His purpose. One of my favorite passages of scriptures, Hebrews 12, verses 1, it says this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Why? Why do I need to be worried about things that want to slow me down? Because, man, I'm I'm doing a great work. I need to be able to run full speed on this thing. And things just want to creep in quietly and slowly into my life. And I just got to be careful enough to realize sometimes I need to set those things aside. Why? Because I need to run with perseverance the race that God marked out for me. God called me to do this thing. And I got to push through the pain sometimes. I was a track runner. And sometimes there's pain when you're running, you know. And that's what endurance does is that when you're cramping and everything feels tired, that you got to push through those moments. Why do we push through the moments because God has called us and he has purpose for us. We can't let everything else bombard us and, and oh, make us feel de- like we need some resolve, people. We need some strength. Sometimes we just need to realize that I'll, I, I, it's okay to suffer sometimes for my purpose. It's okay to experience some pain sometimes my purpose to think about Jesus and what he did so how do we endure through pain we fix our eyes on Jesus because he's the pioneer the beginner the perfecter of our faith and here's how he did it for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross Jesus experienced that pain why for the joy the joy of you and me he scorned the shame of all that He's, now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him. Think about him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. I know it hurts sometimes. 
But man, that's why we push through it because we have purpose. We have a calling. We've been forgiven so much. When you've been forgiven as much as I have, when you've been set free from as much as I have, man, I kind of like it sometimes to suffer for my purpose because Jesus suffered for me. Purpose pushes us through the pain. Here's the last one. Purpose empowers us to please God. Empowers us to please God. You can't please everybody, but you can please God. You can't please everybody, but you can please God. Just let that sink in for a minute. You can't please everybody, but you can. You can please God. You can please Him. How do we, how do, we do that? There's a story in Acts 4 of John, Peter and John. and They're in the city. They're preaching in the name of Jesus, preaching the gospel. And wouldn't you know the religious leaders of the day, they didn't like it. They arrested them, threw them in prison, and made them wait there a day, brought them before them the next day. And they're like, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? Why are you preaching in that name? You're, not, you're causing a scene. I love this. Verse 8, Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered them. And I just gloss over that. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in the moment. See, that's the empowerment that God brings to our lives is the power of the Holy Spirit in that moment. It's not like God is saying, I've called you in. And now just go out there and let's see how you do. No, no, no. He gave us the Holy Spirit to give us power for those moments. That's why just three chapters earlier, it says in Acts 1, that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. To do what? To be his witnesses everywhere you go. Judea, Samaria, all the parts. Like he gives you power. He gives us everything that we need. So in those moments when we're pushing through the pain, when we're pushing aside distractions, when we're trying, like I'm not, I'm not going to live for that anymore. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not our own strength. It's not our own ability. It's by his help that he gives us power to live this way. So Peter said to them, he said, we can't help but talking about that name. We can't help it. So whether you think it's right or not, you decide, but we're going to do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not living for you anyway. So it happened to him again. They let him go. They're out there preaching in the name of Jesus again. And they arrest him again. They throw him in jail. And they bring him before him again. They're threatening him again. Like, we told you not to preach in that name. I love what Peter said. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. He said, we must obey God rather than human beings. We have to live for the approval of God, not the approval of people. So it said, it doesn't matter what you do to us. Kill us, beat us, throw us in prison. It doesn't matter. We're going to preach in that name. It's interesting to think about. They're, they're talking about that name. Back then, like, don't talk about that name, that name of Jesus, right? Don't talk about that name. You're going to cause a scene if you talk in that name. And if we look in our day today, 2,000 years since this story happened, you can talk about God. You can talk about the big man upstairs. You can talk about, you know, spirituality. You can talk about all kinds of things. You can talk about Zen and Muhammad and Buddha and all this stuff. But don't talk about that name. Don't talk about, don't, don't pray in that name. If you Go ahead and pray, but not in that name. That name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Why, why, is, why is that name such a problem? Because it's by no other name that we can be saved. It's because at that name, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It's at the name of Jesus that fear. Ooh, fear. You have no place here. 
It's in the name of Jesus that depression ooh, has to leave. has no authority over you. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. So we obey God rather than men. We obey God rather than men because we can't please everybody. Can't please everybody. So how do we please God? How do we do it then? We do it by faith. Every time we take a step of faith, we're pleasing to God. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And he rewards those who diligently seek him. So every time we come to God, we seek God. Every time we get up in the morning and we pray. Every time we read the word, God, I want to know you more. We are pleasing to him. Every time we're like, God, what is your purpose for me in this today? We're pleasing to him. First Thessalonians 2, 4 says, we speak for God by those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. So every time you speak hope to somebody who's struggling, every time you speak the good news to somebody, you, you're that encouragement to your boss, you're, you're that light, you're pleasing to God, right? Because we're not trying to be pleasing to people, but to God. He's going to test our hearts. He's going to sort it all out. So let's just be pleasing to him. Every time we're obedient in those little P purpose moments, we're pleasing to him. Every time we die to ourselves and we live for him, we're pleasing to him. It's a freeing moment to recognize. It's freeing to recognize that we don't have to be consumed by all this. We just, we just need to be consumed by him, to be seeking after him. God, what is your purpose for me in this moment? So what are we going to do? We're going to choose purpose, God's purpose over popularity. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Day by day, we're going to make these decisions moment by moment, week by week, month by month. And we're going to make this decision to be pleasing to God, to seek his purpose. And we're going to begin to see that God is going to begin to give us more influence. He's going to begin to entrust us with more. He's going to begin to allow us to do greater and greater things. And one day we're going to wake up and realize, God, you made me for these moments. I was made for this. This is what God created us for. Let's just take these moments, these next few moments here together and just pray all across this room because I believe that God is speaking to us. Some of us have been that one where we're trying to just figure out the big picture and we're we're missing the little steps. We're missing that lowercase p moment. And today God is saying, hey, I've got so much for you that you're missing out on because you're seeking the wrong stuff. I just, in this moment, I want you to do this. We're missing the day-to-day You've been sitting on the side and today God is saying, hey, I've got purpose for you in this moment, but I need you to, to get into action. Some of us, we've, we've been in our purpose before. You, you, you've walked in it before, but just that slow creep in has happened and you realize, man, I've been living for the approval of people. I've been living for things in this world. And I don't even realize how I got here, but today, no more. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. It's time to get back up on that wall. Some of us are that, that one. We, we haven't even realized that we had a purpose. We felt so invaluable, so unimportant. I don't know who that is, but I just felt like God was saying that. You've, you've literally felt, I'm not important. No one will even miss me if I'm gone. And I'm just telling you, God is telling you today, that's a lie. You are important. You are valuable. God God created you. He put you right here for right now because he has so much he needs you to do. 
has so much goodness he wants to pour out on your life. He has so much love for you. Lord, I thank you for each and every person. If that's you on any one of those, you're realizing that today I need to change some of the things that I'm pursuing. I need to make this decision today. If that's you just all across this room, you're saying, that's me just right where I lift your hands. I want to set my faith in agreement with you. You're saying today, I'm going to begin to choose God's purpose over popularity. Thank you right there, right there. Thank you, thank you. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here that's making this decision today. 